Hey, this is Pastor Matt Zola from Fern Creek Christian Church. So glad you're able to tune in with us today. While you're on your phone, why don't you follow us on social media, at Fern Creek CC on Facebook and Instagram. We want to stay connected with you throughout your week. Our prayer is that this message encourages you to become a better follower of Jesus. So without further ado, here's the message. Man, that was, uh, that was right on, right on. Hey, good morning. It's great to see you. Great to be back after a couple of weeks of, of vacation. And I just want to thank our staff. We have a great staff. Don't we have a great staff at our church? And thank our staff. Um, hey, before we get into the message, I uh, just want to, another great reminder. This Wednesday at 10 o'clock down at the Fern Creek Fire Department, we're going to have our baby box dedication. So, man, I, I hope, I don't know, I don't know if you can make it or not. Be watching the news uh, Wednesday night, but uh, if you can make it, 10 o'clock. Um, I don't know, you know, if you can park down there. I'm sure there's parking somewhere down there. If you want to carpool here, uh, man, that'd be fine as well. But let's, let's uh, have a good turnout for, for as we dedicate that baby box. And what, what, what you know, just thank the Lord for the, the opportunities that we have. Hey, you know, we're in this series called Our House. And we're kind of talking about the rules of, of how our house operates, kind of how we roll. And, you know, when you read the Gospels, when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, about 89 chapters. Now, again, chapters weren't around originally, but today, 89 chapters. 30 of those chapters, 30 of those chapters deal with the last seven days of the life of Jesus. So when you do the math, 33% of the real estate of the Gospels Focus on one week. Now, when you come to the Gospel of John, John is 21 chapters long. And seven of those 21 chapters, 13 through 19, deal with the last 24 hours of the life of Jesus. So when you read the Gospel of John, 33% of his Gospel really just focus on one day. And what a day, what a day that last day of his was. It would be a day of sorrow as Jesus is betrayed by one of his own, it would be a day of suffering as Jesus goes to the cross. It would be a day of grace as Jesus forgives the thief on the cross. One last sinner finds grace. It would be a day of faithfulness as Jesus lays down his life. The last 24 hours of the life of Jesus were really soaked in, in purpose. Now, if you knew you only had 24 hours left to live, I bet you you would make every minute count. I think every minute, if you knew, if you knew 24 hours from now I'm gonna die, every minute would probably be lived with strategic intentionality. And that's what we see with Jesus. We see it in everything. We even see it in the meal that he shared with his disciples. That last meal was just more than a meal. That that meal was rich with intentionality. Uh, Jesus is going to, during that meal, teach one last formal lesson. It's a lesson that his disciples needed to learn. And if you're a part of the house of God, it's a, it's a lesson that you and I need to learn as well. You cannot follow Jesus unless you learn the lesson that Jesus teaches. So if you have your Bible, I want you to open up John chapter 13. And we're going to learn this lesson, this lesson that Jesus teaches. As Jesus enters the upper room, 
to prepare for this last meal, notice what John recounts. He says, it was time for supper. The devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, that he had come from God and would return to God. Here comes the lesson. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had around him. Now friends, the disciples have followed Jesus for three and a half years. They have witnessed him do amazing things. They have watched him drive demons out of people. They have watched him calm a storm. They have watched him walk on water. They've watched him open the eyes of a man born blind. They had watched him resurrect people from the dead. They have seen incredible things. But I'm going to tell you what they see in this minute. As Jesus does what he's doing, it perhaps trumps everything they've seen him do before. Jesus takes off his robe, wraps a slave's apron around his shorts and his t-shirt, picks up a basin, pours water into it. He approaches each man, gets on his hands and his knees, lifts each man's foot up, unlatches each sandal, unties each sandal, takes them off one at a time, takes each man's foot, dirty, grimy, stinky foot, brushes the dirt off in between the toes, puts the foot into the water, massages each foot, washes the grime away, takes the foot out of the bowl, wipes it down, dries it off with the towel, moves to the next foot, moves to the next man. Now, have you ever wondered how long that took? It's little things like this that intrigued me. If you, go, if, if you give each man two and a half minutes, that's about 30 minutes of silence. 30 minutes of awkward, uncomfortable silence. The silence was probably one of shock. Washing someone's feet was the job of a slave. Not just any slave, it was the lowest of the low. You were the freshman slave to wash someone's feet. The bottom of the rung in all of ancient history, did you know this? In all of ancient history, there's not one recorded example of a superior washing the feet of a subordinate, except right here. And maybe the silence was due to shame. Uh, we're told just before the meal began that the disciples had gotten into kind of a heated exchange, a heated argument. Do you know what they were arguing about before the meal began? Well, Luke tells us, look at Luke chapter 22. They began to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. It's awful hard to wash feet when you're arguing about who's number one. And so maybe Jesus entered into this last meal going, oh, I'm going to be dead in 24 hours, and they still don't get it. 
They still don't understand what the kingdom was all about. Because there's a basin, I, I, I mean, there's a towel in a basin, there's water inside every door of, of every Jewish home because it was customary for you to come into someone's home for you to take your shoes off and have your feet washed. And there was usually a slave there to do it. Now, when the disciples filter into this upper room, there is no slave. There is no one to do this menial task. And, and so you can kind of almost hear their thinking. Well, if there's no slave here to wash the feet of, of, my, uh, of, of, of all of us, then, then I'm not washing anybody's feet. Because that's, that's, that's below me, right? I mean, have you seen Peter's bunions? Have you seen the green fungus on John's toes? No. No, if no one's here to wash the feet, then we're all going in dirty, right? And maybe that's what keyed Jesus to do what he did. As he sat there listening to them argue a few minutes before about prestige and power and value, Jesus was like, I've got, I've got one last shot to teach them, to show them, to educate them about what the kingdom, about what my house is like and how it rolls. So they watch and they squirm as they wait for the Son of God to wash their feet. I mean, the one who hung the stars and called them by name, the one who touched the dead little girl and brought her back to life, they, they, they wait for God to wash their dirty, gross, filthy feet. Until it's Peter's turn. Peter has something that he would like to say to Jesus before Jesus washes his feet. Look at verse 6. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, Simon, you don't understand now what I'm doing but someday you will. No, 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 no. Peter protested. You will, what's the next word? Never. You will never wash my feet. Bless his heart. <laughs> now, now, when I was in the north, when I was in the north, northerners don't say bless their heart very much, right? Down here in the south, bless their heart, something we say all the time. You can say whatever you want to say to anybody as long as you follow it up with bless their heart. Jimmy got hit with an ugly brick when he was born, bless his heart. Right? It just softens it. Jenny's the, uh, you know, the laziest child ever born, bless her heart. You know, you, whatever you want to say, you can, I, I, you know, I look at this, I bless Peter's heart, right? He has no idea what he's saying. He can't just sit there. He can't just shut up like all the other ones. He, he's got to... Ver, you know, vocalize, verbalize his, his opinion. And when he speaks, he tells the creator of the universe, no. <laughs> he says, sure, you're not going to do that to me. Now, before we're too harsh on Peter, he just verbalized what everybody else was thinking. He just had the courage enough to say it, right? Jesus, this is not your job. Jesus, you are the master Jesus, this is so below you. You pay, you pay someone to do this. And so Peter says, no way. 
This is so beneath you. This is so below you. You're not touching my feet. And then listen to the reply that Jesus gives back. Unless I wash you, you don't belong to me. Now, 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 now this is, this is what, what Jesus says is important. This is not about washing feet, per se. This is about cleansing their soul, right? But I think what Jesus is, is trying to, to teach in this last formal lesson is a couple of things. I think what Jesus is saying to the guys is, listen, anybody can wash your feet, but no one can wash your soul. I'm going to die in less than 24 hours. And the reason I'm going to die is no one can make anybody clean but me. No one else can wash away the grime and the filth of your heart. No one else can, can purify your soul. So Peter, unless I do this, you don't, you don't connect with me. You don't belong to me. And the question I've got for you is, has Jesus washed you? Not, not your feet. Has he washed your soul? Has he cleansed your heart? Has he renewed your mind? Or are you still kicking against that? Are you saying, I don't need anyone to wash me. I don't need anyone to cleanse me. I can take care of my heart, my feet, my mind. I, I can take care of that myself. I had a friend at Cincinnati Bible College named Jim. Jim was married and he and his wife had bought a house not too far from campus. He worked at the school and they had done some, some remodeling on the house that they had bought and one of the remodeling jobs was they put in brand new beige carpet in, in a couple of the rooms of their house. And along with the new carpet came a couple of new rules. And one of the rules was no eating or drinking in the room with the new beige carpet. That was the, that was the rule from the wife, right? And Jim said, yeah, absolutely. Well, everything was going brilliantly well until March Madness rolled around. Now, now, Jim is an avid Indiana Hoosier fan. He loves the Hoosiers, grew up in Indiana, and uh, just goes bonkers about the team. His wife was out of town, and IU was playing in the Sweet 16, I think, that year. The game was on TV. The only TV that they had was in the room with the beige carpet. My friend Jim was in the kitchen having his lunch where you were supposed to eat and drink your food. So he would eat a bite, drink a drink, and go running into the room and, and watch the TV, and then he'd go running back, and he'd take a bite, and he'd take a drink, and he'd go running back, and finally it dawned on him. He said, this is, this is foolish. Who, who, who paid for that carpet? I paid for that carpet. Whose house is this? This is, this is my house. Besides, she's out of town. She'll never know. So what Jim did is he went back into the kitchen and he balanced his peanut butter sandwich on top of his bowl of chili. You know where this is going. And then he picked up his glass of tea and he proceeded to walk into the forbidden room, the room that no one should eat or drink in, and things were going well until he went to lean down to put the bowl and the sandwich and the drink on the, on the table where he, he kind of stumbled and he says, in slow motion, my whole life passed in front of me as the, as the bowl of onions and beans and cheese and dark red chili 
flipped and fell right on to the new beige carpet. And Jim said to me, in that moment, I pondered several things. The first thing I wondered is, would my body ever be found? The second thing I wondered was, I've got a full tank of gas, how far can I drive? The third thing I wondered is, can I clean this up by myself? Can, can I clean the stain? Can I, can I fix this so no one will ever know? And so all weekend, all weekend, he scrubbed and he prayed and 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 he prayed and he prayed and he scrubbed and he scrubbed. He tried every solvent known to mankind. He went to every store. He tried steaming. He tried, he tried it all. And Jim said, if you brush the carpet one way, it was like the stain never even was there. But all it took was it to be brushed the other way and you could see it clear as day. What, what Jim said, the stain never came clean. Look at Isaiah 59. Look at what the prophet, look what God says to the prophet. He says, your iniquities, your sin, your stain, has separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will, he will not hear. For your hands are stained with blood, your fingers with guilt, your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue mutters wicked things. And if you think that that's just for those folks, man, the Bible tells us that we're all sinners, stained by sin. And it's a stain that none of us can scrub out. It's a stain that none of us can lift. No matter how many ladies you walk across the street, no matter how much money you give to the church, no matter how much good you think you can do, the stain of sin will never come clean. Under your power, under your strength. That, that's, that's what Jesus is saying here in this room. That, that is why he came. I'm reminded of the great him that we sing, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Peter hears these words of Jesus saying this. You, you don't understand. This isn't about your stinky feet. It's about your stinky soul. You don't get it now, but you're going to get it at some point. But listen, if I don't do this, you have no part of me. And watch what Peter says. Look at verse 9. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands. Wash my head, give me a full bath. Don't just wash my feet. The only thing I can say to this is bless his heart. <laughs> I mean, there he goes again, right? Give me a bath. And Jesus is like, I don't need to give you a bath. Just need to wash your feet. Now, now think about, think about the feet that Jesus washed. Have you ever thought about it? He gets on his hands and his knees and he kneels down in front of Thomas and he washes the feet of the man who will doubt. 
that he's ever risen from the dead. And then he'll move on to wash the feet of James and John, the ones that in less than 24 hours will run away and deny, deny him. He'll, he'll wash the feet of Peter, the denial, the denier. But the guy that gets me, he gets down on his hands and knees, he unbuckles the sandals of Judas. Judas is still there. And Jesus is going to pick up the dirty, grimy feet of the one who's about to sell him out, the one who's going to initiate, the one who's going to get the whole ball rolling with his death. He washes the feet of Judas. And, and, and again, what Jesus is driving at is <clears throat> the reason I'm coming is to cleanse the world. And I'm gonna, I'm, I, I got one last lesson. To, you're not going to understand it, but, but someday you will. I am coming to do what no one else can do, make people clean. So, so, so when we read the, the washing of the feet, that's, that's like the big, one of the big lessons. But, but it goes beyond just cleansing. It goes beyond the reason why Jesus came. There's another reason that he's washing the feet and he's gonna tell them what it is. Look at verse 12. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and he sat down and he asked, do you understand what I was doing? And I, I think they're all like, ah, uh, I know. He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right because that's what I am. I am not a servant, I am not a slave. I am the teacher, I am the Lord. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to do the same thing to other people. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I've just done to you. I tell you the truth, slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. Not only is the kingdom about forgiveness, my friends, it's about service. It's about service. That's how we roll. That's, that's the rules of our house, serving because he served, giving because he gave, not looking out for number one, not, not thinking that it's all about me, but looking out to the needs of others. That's the kingdom. That's how we roll. Can, can we talk freely for a second? Can I talk unfiltered for a second? There is nothing that grosses me out more than feet. Do, do you know anyone who has good-looking feet? I, I, I don't look at feet a lot because they gross me out, but feet, feet are stinky, they're, they're smelly, and if you want to creep me out, put your feet on me. That'll, that'll send me into some, some shock, right? And, and I think these men probably felt the same thing about feet that we feel today. As a man, having another man touch your feet, wash your feet, I mean, I don't know if culturally there's differences from then to today, but that's just an uncomfortable, uncomfortable thing. And Jesus was saying, you guys were arguing about who's great. You're arguing about prestige and who's gonna sit where and which one of you are the best. You wanna know how the kingdom works. You want to know who the greatest is in the kingdom? It's the person who washes feet. It's the person who serves. It's not the person who argues about being the greatest. It's not the person who sits on my left or right. It's not the one who calls the shots. The greatest is the one who serves and washes feet. 
So Jesus says, listen, if I, your master, if I, the son of God, if I, God incarnate, got on my hands and knees and washed your feet, then I'm telling you, you're not above it. I'm telling you, I'm calling you to that. I'm, I'm giving you the example of how we live. Now, there are a lot of churches, there are a lot of churches who take the words of Jesus here literally, and they have foot washing services like twice a year, where all the men will get together on one side of the church, and they'll wash one another's feet, and all the women will get on one side of the church, and all the women will wash one another's feet. Have any of you ever been a part of a foot washing service? Can I see your hand? Anybody? It's, it's interesting. I mean, it's, 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 truly, it's truly one of those moments where we're uncomfortable a little bit. I mean, it's, it's an awesome thing to experience if you've never done it. Now, Jesus is not calling us to a ceremony. Churches are great to do this. I think that's fine to do that. But the, he's not calling us to initiate a, a foot washing ceremony in the local church. That's not what he's doing. What he's giving us is, again, an example to serve. There was a drunk named Joe who was miraculously converted at a mission. Before his conversion, Joe had gained a reputation of being a derelict and a dirty wino uh, who had no hope. But following his conversion to Christ, everything changed for Joe. Joe became the most caring person in the mission. He spent his days doing whatever they asked him to do. No task was too low. No task was too high. And he just did it all. Whether it was cleaning up vomit left by some sick alcoholic, whether it was scrubbing toilets after men had come into the mission and left them filthy, Joe did it all. And he did it all with a heart of gratitude. He could be counted on to feed the feeble men when they couldn't feed themselves. When they couldn't put themselves into bed, he would literally tuck them into bed, taking care of them. That was Joe. And one evening, the mission director uh, spoke to the men gathered and gave them his usual evangelical message, and uh, everybody bowed their heads and and then he gave a, an invitation, and all of a sudden up, up stumbled a, a drunk who'd been there for several weeks. And the repentant drunk came to God shouting, I need you, change me. And then he kept saying this phrase over and over again, make me like Joe. God, make me like Joe. God, make me like Joe. Make me, over and over again, just make me like Joe. And finally the director leaned in and said, wouldn't it be better, my son, if you prayed, make me like Jesus? And the man looked up, wiped a tear out of his eye, and with an inquisitive expression, he said, is he like Joe? He, he never heard the name. But all he had seen was Joe. Friends, we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. And to a world who doesn't know him, they get to know him when we serve. They get to know him when we wash their feet. So this week, I, I, I just want to ask you, are you ready to wash some feet? Every sermon needs a so what moment. You can't just come and listen to a message on washing somebody's feet and go home and go, well, that was nice. No, 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 no. I'm going to ask you, are you ready to wash some feet? 
Now, I don't mean are you going to go tackle somebody, pull their shoes and socks off, and start scrubbing their piggies. No, don't do that. I'm asking you, are you, are you ready to wash some feet symbolically? I, I'm going to go through a list of 25 ways you can wash some feet this week. If you've got your church app, we put these 25 ideas on your church app. If you go to your church app and you kind of scroll through, get ready for Sunday, and you go to the sermon notes, and then you click on wash someone's feet, you can find these 25 things right there. But let me just give you 25 ways on how you could wash someone's feet this coming week. Bake a cake, go to a shut-in and, and visit with them. Do the dishes for your wife or your mom for a week. Send a $25 gift card to a single mom. Go volunteer at a food pantry. Send your kid an encouraging text every single day for a week. That's some ways you can wash some feet. How about this? Compliment a parent on how well behaved their child is. Compliment the waitress to their boss so that she hears. Forgive someone for the harm they've caused you. Defend someone who's being put down. Say you were wrong when you were wrong and mean it. That, that would be some ways to wash feet. Oh, oh, there's more. Email a former teacher telling them the difference they made in your life. Pick your dirty underwear off the floor and put it in the hamper. Send pizza and pay for it to the house of new parents. Visit someone in the nursing home. Volunteer at a pregnancy resource center. You want to know how you wash feet? Bake cookies and send some into your kid's teacher with a note. Tweet or post three compliments to a friend on social media. Have your elderly neighbor over uh, for a meal or help them with a project. Tell your parents you love them and give them a hug. Hold your tongue and listen, even if you don't want to. Those are some ways to wash some feet. Oh, we go on. Make amends for the wrongs you have done. Watch the neighbor's kids so they can have a date night. Invite the new neighbors over for dinner. Buy your spouse their favorite snack and leave a love note. Pray for someone in need. Friends, welcome to our house. This, this is a place where we don't talk about serving others. This is a place where we actually, we actually do it. We serve, we wash feet, we get our hands dirty. And we look for ways to meet the needs of other people because that's what our Jesus did for us. So will we wash some feet this week? Will you open up the church app this week and just start scrolling through, praying, God, give me a way to wash some feet? That's how we roll. Welcome to our house. Let me pray. Well, thanks again for tuning in. I hope that message encouraged you to love, live, and lead like Jesus, to become a disciple that makes more disciples. That is why Fern Creek Christian Church exists. Hey, I want to take a second to invite you to worship with us on Sunday mornings, either online or in person. We have three services, one at 845 that we call our homecoming service. That features more hymns and southern gospel music. But then we also have two contemporary services at 10 and 1115. If you would like to give to the ministry happening here at Fern Creek, I want you to go online to our website, www.ferncreekcc.org, and click on the big giving tab you'll see on our main page. If you would like to talk more about the message you just heard, or you would like to pray with somebody, 
Call us at 502-239-9300. Again, that's 502-239-9300. Or email us at office at ferncreekcc.org. If you're not already a member of Fern Creek, I want to encourage you to become one. Man, we want you to connect with other believers. We want Fern Creek to be your home away from home. And we just have an amazing church family that you can be a part of. If you need encouragement, inspiration, accountability, man, Fern Creek is the place for you. Check us out on a Sunday morning. You won't regret it. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. Hope you have a blessed rest of your week. Grace, peace. See you next time, church.